Hey there. Welcome to the show. Great show planned for you this week. Of course, this is the week of the Real Estate Talk Triangle. My two panel guests here every single month with me will be uh, tuning in in a second. I do have Dave Butler, the uh, mortgage specialist, and I got Tim Sirianos. He's the broker owner of Remax Ultimate as well, former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board and former director at the Canadian Real Estate Association. So we're going to get to that in a minute. Um, just wanted to uh, thank everybody. Real exciting time, by the way. Uh, that newest release that we did uh, where the price was one one twenty nine nine, it closes uh, tomorrow. So uh, congratulations to all the new investors that were able to partake on this. Very, very exciting stuff. We do have a very special program, though, going right now. Uh, go to thesimpleinvestor.com. Uh, you're going to find out uh, something really cool that we were able to devise to make it a little bit easier with mortgages. So go to thesimpleinvestor.com. You can find out more about it. And by the way, if you're not tuning into me on uh, Instagram yet, the Simple Investor One, uh, I got to tell you, my producers are really working their butts off and doing a great job with some of our new videos. Uh, we've been getting millions of views uh, over the last few that we've been doing, and it's it's really cool. It's a very exciting and Thanks for all of you to tune in or make your comments. And don't forget about that new section of the show that we've got where once a month we will be featuring a professional realtor. That's right. You're going to come in here. I'm going to interview you in studio. You can talk about your area of expertise. Hey, do you have a new listing? You know what? You can even talk about that. So the only way you can do that is, A, you got to follow me on Instagram and you got to DM us and tell us why you should be our next guest on the show. So lots going on. But again, as I mentioned, here we are. It's that time of month. We've got the Real Estate Talk Triangle. Dave, Tim, welcome back. Great to be back. Awesome to be here. Can't believe a month's gone by already. <laughs> Isn't it incredible? It's amazing. Well, at least you know what the weather's gotten better. And yes. you know, when we talk about weather, we can talk about open houses. Tim, um, uh, we're going to dive in with you first. Let's talk about the market. What are you seeing out there? You know, it seems like a stop and go. I almost feel like you're sitting at a uh, stoplight about every single week. Pretty much exactly what I was uh, going to share with you is that it seems like we've had four different markets over four different weeks. You know, it's uh, definitely, you know, whoever's watching the market or looking at being in the market or leaving the market, uh, it's it's not something that you look at as a year over year. Not, and right now it's not even a month over month, right? Uh, there's so many reports that are giving mixed messages, so much uncertainty happening. Uh, but the one thing that there's a constant throughout the last four weeks is supply has not grown enough to, you know, diffuse or to kind of put the flame out when it comes to the amount of activity uh, with multiple offers, um, it seems to be, you know, quite, you know, uh, there like throughout the most of the market uh, and open houses are are very active as well. I mean, we've been advising our agents to have two people at open houses right now, uh, one to control the crowd, right? And one to actually allow people to come through. And, you know, we've always been that company that, you know, cares a lot about security and safety, but, you know, more than ever right now with so many people, the spring market, you know, people being out there, um, you know, we want to make sure that we control those, that environment as well. You know, I've had, uh, Tim, I've had a few people report back to me about when we talk about open houses and yeah, even, even in the West part of the GTA, there's been situations where, you know, they're getting 50, a hundred people at an open house on top of that multiple offers. There's even some bully offers that are kicking around. But as you said, there is that kind of foot on the gas, foot, foot on the brake kind of scenario right now. And it's almost a daily, weekly thing. Um, Dave, I got to tell you, I think a lot of this is coming from 
the mixed messages right now that is happening from a the Bank of Canada, of course, CMHC misreporting as they always do. Um, you know, these are the kind of things that you know I think is front and center to you. You know, you see it, and it's you know it's hard for a lot of people to understand that every second day there's a different message. Yeah, on our side, it's just it's something I haven't seen before. I mean, uh, you've got a lot of just, it's, it's really in a, in a weird way, it tie, it's tied to the way the market's going, the volatility. I mean, there's, there's, it's not just volatility in the real estate market behind the scenes. There's so many things going on. The lending side is seeing so many, I would say anomalies that I have not seen in 20 years. I mean, we're having specific lenders come to us and asking us at certain times to hold off on sending applications. And that's something that's interesting to me because that is to me more of a, a liquidity issue. You know what I mean? And maybe some lenders are getting really tight. I've heard of a prominent B lender that has had off C all over their back and is now asking for a lot more documentation than they ever did. And they were considered one of the looser B lenders, right? So you are seeing behind the scenes a lot of volatility, a lot of changes. And it's, you know, and it, on, on, Tim, on Tim's side there, when he's talking about all the open houses and everything else, we're seeing on our side now issues with clients coming in saying, now I got to go firm. I, I can't put in my condition again now. So we're starting to see that kind of piece, but it's weird because it's a much smaller piece, but it's like that section is still growing. Every day we're getting clients calling us saying, can I go in firm? Can I go in firm? And then I've got others that are putting in offers on property saying, and, and we'll say, hey, make sure you can get a finance condition. Oh yeah, no problem. We got that. My realtor says we're the only ones in town that are putting an offer. So very, very two different, two different sides of the coin. Well, you're looking at the condo market is very different than the actual resale market. And, and then you're looking at, you know, the outside of the, you know, Toronto proper is every neighborhood is acting, you know, very differently as well. The rental market, again, another create that that's the, probably the hottest market that we're seeing right now. Um, you know, it's so interesting when I started my career and the date, my, not to date myself, right? The average rental was about $600 a month. <laughs> and the average transaction that I was involved in was about $3,500 a month. You know where I'm going with this, right? Sure. So right now the average rental you know, per month is $3,500, $4,000 a month. Yeah. Like think about what 34 years has done to our city of Toronto. And there's a lot of pressure right now that I'm finding amongst tenants, you know, and people who've actually rented out a year ago or two years ago, and they're looking at sticker shock right now. And there's, there's lack of movement. Even if they want to move, they don't want to move because they don't want to, you know, jump back into a hotter market. You know, it's interesting because Tim, you do mention the rental market. And of course, that's one of those ones that, you know, we um, follow very closely, but there's a couple of issues that are, are, that are now becoming more problematic. And when the provincial government allowed some of the new condos to be built without rent control, now we've got people circling back some of these tenants because, you know, investors costs have gone up and immediately people, you know, go to guns on investors saying, well, you shouldn't be allowed to increase it by $300 a month their costs have gone up $600 a month to carry some of these mortgages and taxes and maintenance fees and everything else. And yet these people walked into these brand new, cause they wanted the brand new stuff. They didn't want the old stuff. The old stuff has rent control. Like, like, like there's no tenant that can turn around and get a $300 a month increase on their rent. If it was built in 2017 or older. Absolutely. You know, and here, and, and here, here lies the problem. Everybody wanted the nice shiny penny and you know, never did they forecast that, you know, somebody's going to be able to raise the rent. You know, nobody guessed that the government and bank Canada was going to do what they're going to do either. So like, there's a lot of what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, but it just seems back to the rental market. It is probably one of the hottest and worst political topics that 
anybody should be trying to address, and especially coming into the mayor election, and you got over a hundred candidates. <laughs> Tim, I don't know how I don't know if your head's swimming or not, but when I hear when I see some of this stuff, my head just swims going, Y'all need to stay out of the real estate world. Do not commit to anything in real estate because you are nothing but liars. Stop <laughs> promising. Yeah. Just stop. Stop. Stop before you even start. Like as it enters your mind before it co comes down into your mouth, stop. That's right? a regulator chip, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've been, um, uh, we're following, I mean, as a brokerage and an, as an industry, I'm sure uh, there's a lot of engagement with many of the candidates trying to educate them on the challenges that have been existing for many, many years. Obviously, you know, there are some candidates have, who've been there as counselors who should know better. I'll stop there. <laughs> and there are some people who haven't been around who've jumped back in but they know enough to know better. And, you know, the worst thing that you can do is not partner with the industries, you know, to continue on in, with incentives to build more purpose-built rentals and more housing. Any promises to stunt it and go backwards in history is going to make things worse. Yeah. Think about this. Whatever they're building now or approving now is not going to be available for a renter or for a buyer for seven years. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, people have to understand it's not going to be available for seven years and if you go ahead and now put more regulations and not make a if there's one promise we want to hear is lower the you know remove red tape yep. and lower the development charges get more people building because all you want to do is upset the you know the card here and and jam the people who are trying to bring to market uh property it's just going to stall everything to a screeching halt and then we'll be even worse in four years, five years from now. Well, it's funny that you you know you mentioned that definitely seven years is normally the 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 actual time frame. And even if we say five years, a lot of these candidates trying to get elected aren't going to be elected any longer. They like even if they win, they're not going to be in power. Okay, because they won't deliver on their watch. It's just like when the the provincial government turned around and said we're going to build 1.5 million properties in the next ten years. You know, hey, Mr. Ford, are you still going to be in power 10 years from now? Because whoever replaces you may not have that same agenda. And I want to add one thing. I mean, the moment that you have any kind of any kind of promise or program that is uh, around the topic of increased taxes, um, it's a problem already. Yep. You know, so if you're going to look at, for example, any promise or any any kind of claim of increasing the land transfer tax to homes over three million dollars, they see that. Yeah. Um, I think that's a tremendous mistake because you want those sellers to be able to move out of that house, and you want to have those buyers to be able to buy that house. And if you're going to add another cost, where's it going to come from? It's it's not going to bring a house to market. It's not going to move you know people around. And I'm going to go back to my, you know, my trub days. I have to, right? Sure. Every single time there's a sale, the spinoff business when I was president of Treb was $70,000 yep. at that time. Yep. And that was five years ago. Yeah. And today's the, numbers are different. They're way different. different. Yep. Yep. Much bigger. So we have to look at what it does to the, the economy and how we can actually bring more people, especially as we're an aging population, we get more people out of those $3 million homes right? That's fair. Get to something else. So be careful what you're listening to, you know, solution-based, <laughs> not, uh, not, not tax-based. Yeah. And folks, just so you know, uh, when we talk about solutions, we try to make it simple here, the simple solution. And uh, when we come back, I'm going to have more with the Real Estate Talk Triangle. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. 
And welcome back. So welcome back, by the way, to the Simple Podcast. And of course, we are featuring Simply Real Estate. And uh, one of the great things about this show is that I have the pleasure of having my my two main panelists join me every single month. We call it the Real Estate Talk Triangle. And uh, I've got Tim Sirianos and Dave Butler here in studio with us. And uh, Tim, just before the break, you know, we were talking about obviously you know, builders, numbers, taking the time. One of the big changes that just came into the marketplace is Toronto allowing fourplexes. Yes. And that's pretty huge. And yet they've already got people protesting, kicking it back, saying, I don't want that much density in my backyard. Where, you know, we got the other group that are saying, you know, you shouldn't live in a big house all by yourself. So tell us, what's, what's your take on that as a, as, as a broker and as a real estate person? We're seeing a lot of interest in that market. Uh, we're, you know, it's a great opportunity. A lot of people don't realize that uh, in-law suites have been around, even if they haven't been legal. Uh, there's been, you know, two and three, you know, homes in a lot of the areas that are even um, uh, semi-detached. You know, you go through the Riverdale neighborhoods or the High Park neighborhoods. You go through all these neighborhoods where there's always been three, four units in there, but they weren't really done the right way. This is actually going to clean things up, right? This is going to actually bring um, more more surety to the to the, the marketplace. Safer. A, a lot safer. We have to look at the positive of this. And, you know, again, we've talked about society and about the social responsibility we have as a society. And we're talking about um, the, the cost of real estate and to live in a city uh, that's world-class, that we want to believe is world-class, like Toronto. And uh, multi-generational homes are going to start to come. They're going to be coming fast and rampant. Yep. So, you know, why not allow them? You know, this is, it, just do it right. Um, it's a solution. It really is a solution that I, that I embrace and I think is fantastic. Yeah. And Dave, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, as a, as a leading mortgage lender, one of the things for yourself, you know, obviously fourplexes, it does, it does have its little bit of issues as well. So if somebody's looking to buy and be a real estate investor to own a fourplex, you know, it, it's a little different than just a, like buying a condo or, or for that matter, multi-res over six doors. Yeah. It's, uh, this, this change is actually something I think you know, when you think about Toronto, I mean, Toronto is a dense city. When I think about Toronto, Toronto is going to be dense anyways. When you talk about like Ontario, Canada, and when people are coming to this country, Toronto is that place. It's like kind of the New York, right? So they want to come here. So to me, it's Toronto should be dense. And, and what we're seeing in the clamoring of people coming back to the city after COVID and everything else, it makes sense to me that you would see the government allow this. And to your point, Tim, I know from my days back when I went to school back at U of T, people had been renting out, you know, units on Lansdowne, let's say, that were really a single family home, but it had been chopped up into three. And so safer, that's a big thing. But um, yeah, I mean, look, from from the standpoint of do we need it and from the standpoint of mortgages, you know, there's there's pros and cons. You know, fourplexes are going to be at times easier to qualify for because now we have that rental income where sometimes we knew a client was buying a place in Toronto and that they probably would eventually have to rent pieces of it out. Well, now, you know, we couldn't use that before, that income to help qualify. Now, if it has, actually is a legal fourplex, we will be able to use it. But then again, you've also got differences, right? There's going to be things on the other side of the coin that are going to make it harder. And so it's really going to come down to, are the lenders going to adopt and possibly even make changes to allow some of these shortcomings to become things that are actually positive? Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. There was the one I was looking for <laughs> is that the lenders themselves, you know, it, it, it seems like, and, and, and this happens, it seems like the government will do a knee jerk reaction and, you know, there's consequences and there, and, and the lenders themselves now have to play catch up right now. The industry itself has to learn 
how do we finance these? Now, some of these could be brand new builds, but again, a single entity owning a fourplex is again new for some of these lenders. It's not your typical cookie cutter home. And as Tim had alluded to, you know, there has been a whole whack of, of, of illegal stuff. I can tell you that, yeah. you know, being, being a, a realtor in Mississauga for so many years and, you know, I'd be taking a tour through a house and somebody would say, oh, let me show you the basement apartment. Oh, what basement apartment? <laughs> and I turn around. So where's the second, second exit? Second exit? You know, and all of a sudden, door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, they have to come running up the staircase, kick in the door that we keep locked yeah. to get it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, so, so yeah, I mean, in this scenario, it just seems it's, you know, and, and to, to Tim's point, like this was a pretty quick turnover too. This, this yeah. decision, you know, I, they, you know, kind of toyed with it, but a lot quicker than we thought it would happen. Yeah. Happy to have it happen though. I mean, you know, in, in the sense of, look, we're, we're, I think the three of us are all pretty much supply demand people in the sense that we want to see, I want to see people come to this country and be able to live an affordable life. And so if this, if this is going to help allow that I'm big on it. And I think it goes back to even a couple shows ago, we talked about Kensington market and a lot of these things and, you know, yeah, it's cool to hold on to history, but you know, at a certain point we have to look at what's really happening in the country. We are bringing in a lot of people and they need to live somewhere. But let's look at other major cities in North, like maybe not North America, but let's go throughout Europe, right? Sure. This is normal. Yes. You know, this is completely normal. Like we're just not used to it. That's all. We're just, as you said, and I respect that a great deal. We're just holding on, yeah. right? Um, you know, when I became a broker owner of the, of my company, my wife gave me a card. Uh, the, the morning of, I lost my voice actually, right? And she gave me a card that kind of made my voice come back a little bit. She says, don't be afraid of change, be afraid of not changing, Yeah, nice. right? Nice. And I, I've always used that line in every single opportunity I can. And I think the city of Toronto has to use it too. The nimbyism has to go aside a little bit here. Um, like, listen, I live in a home that is five bedrooms, you know, not because it's big, it just happens to have five bedrooms. Yep. I just want to make that clear <laughs> like this, right? Um, and all the homes there are there four or five bedrooms, right? They're all the kind of the same Costello home. Is it weird to have four plexes right beside me? It, I think so. I think it is weird. Right? However, we do have multi-generational homes in our neighborhood and they've been styled and designed and approved by the city yeah. to match the neighborhood they're in, right? And if that's the case, I respect the fact that you have somebody who's taking in their in-laws or their outlaws, you know, to live with them, right? and have their kids live there too, right? There's nothing wrong with that at all. Now, if it extends beyond that and it becomes a fourplex, so be it. Yeah, you know, I think, Tim, you have a very open mind uh, <laughs> on this fact. Um, you know, I don't I don't think- I thought my argument was pretty strong. Yeah, I don't know if your, all your neighbors share the same argument. In, in fact, I think a lot of them are already kicking back. Like I said, there's, you know, there's people that are, you know, going and telling the, the, you know, city hall, no, this isn't acceptable, not in our neighborhood. The nimbyism is definitely strong. Um, I'm not sure it's the dark side, but it's definitely strong in some areas of Toronto. Um, Dave, one of, one of the big things, obviously, uh, that you had discussed with me last month and the month before was the inflationary numbers that came in. Didn't quite nail the number we were hoping for no. this go around, but yet... They also threw in some extra reporting. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we we were we were sitting at four point. I want to say four point three. If my memory correct, we were really hoping to get in the threes. Um, ended up in a reverse print, so we finally kind of we we hit a bit of a wall. Ended up at four point four. But you know, it's it's funny. I follow for about the last year. I've been following an economist named Stephen Anastasio. 
Um, he writes uh, an, an economic uncovered, I believe is the column. And I started following him about a year ago and he's really big on M2 money supply and, and, and how he felt the government was making some really big mistakes here. Um, you know, I, I probably should have been a little less optimistic uh, on my side and kind of followed him because he actually had said that he thought the April print would be not the greatest print. Now, mind you, he's following the U.S., but we all know Canada in terms of our inflationary numbers are pretty much in step in, in tune. Um, he's predicting a big next two months. I mean, and so what he has said, and, and it's interesting for an economist to put out these numbers, especially two months ahead, he says the May and the June print, so that will come out for the U.S., that'll come out obviously in June and July. He says that he believes they end up going from 4.9 to 3.1. And so if you think about that, that's massive. Uh, you know, that could be big, big deflationary numbers here in terms of helping us out. So if Canada is in step and in tune there, we could see some big numbers on the downside, but that's what we need. I mean, and our reaction, the sad part is obviously the reaction to the to on the bond yield market the reaction to the last cpi print was something we were hoping would be on the flip side we were hoping we'd get a nice number and we'd see the bond yield start to come down well we saw an explosion on the other side so as far as canadians go we've kind of you know we are about now down about a month or two in terms of when we will see new relief coming in the form of hopefully down the road lower interest rates but um we will see i do believe that we've got a situation coming where we could have some nice prints come down the road in the next couple of months. And if not, then I might be, I might be following the wrong, wrong economist. Well, you know what? I, and, 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 and I, I agree with you on your numbers and, and, you know, I was a little bit shocked at it, but we're going to go a quick break. Cause I do want to address this when we come back folks, if you're not tuning in um, to my Instagram account, the simple investor one is uh, our handle there. And you, uh, you can pick up on some of our, our videos and some of our, our posts that we're doing. And don't forget, if you are a realtor and you would like to be a guest here on the show, uh, you got to follow us on Instagram and DMS. Let us know that you want to be part of the show. And when we come back, we've got more with the Real Estate Talk Triangle. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, this part of the show, we call it the Real Estate Talk Triangle. And in-house, my panelists joining me every single month, I've got Tim Serianos. Tim is the owner and broker of Remax Ultimate in Toronto, one of the top premier real estate companies in Canada. And as well, Tim's a former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, and he is also a former director at the Canadian Real Estate Association. And on the other side of the coin, I've got Dave Butler. Dave has been a leading mortgage broker in Canada for many, many years. Always my go-to guy to have a conversation. And just before the break, we were talking about the inflationary index and how it kind of wobbled a little on us uh, in April. And Dave, one of the things that, um, you know, of course, whenever we have a little bit of a negative feedback, everybody starts jumping up and down. They start hearing about potentially pushing up interest rates by a quarter point. Tiff Macklin, though, did turn around and say, well, hang on. Even though you had a couple of economists jumping in saying, you know, we could factor in maybe a quarter point in June or July, sometime in the summer, uh, Tiff Macklin actually said, you know, we, we we still have to see the effects of what we've done and see if it's going to, you know, come into play. It's the first time I've actually heard him sound reasonable out of this. You know, he was been so hell bent saying we're gonna control inflation. I think he almost knows that there was a little bit of a hiccup. I think they used a little bit different numbers to do their calculations coming into April and. I think he's actually the, you know, a voice of reason, despite the fact we've got some major economists saying, hey, we grew up a quarter point. Yeah, well, I, you know, it, it, the whole thing is, is like how many times in the last 20 years has inflation kind of been like a headline topic? And so, you know, and when you talk about, you know, reactions to CPI prints, we've never really seen this type of 
thing before. I mean, you know, the, generally speaking, the bond yield market, the bond market didn't react in the the manner in which it does. And I think that's because you've got a lot of institutional money trading on headlines right now. And I think that's obviously a thing that we have to keep our keep our eyes on. TIFF, in my opinion, knows that they have, you know, we, we saw the biggest interest rate increase in such a short period of time we've ever seen in our country's history. So I think, you know, he's he's correct in that we should be letting it uh, kind of stay its course. And I also think, though, there are reports coming out and we see them every day. And, and you and I and, and Ian and, and saw one and Tim and saw one about Canada having the highest household debt out of the G7. I mean, you know, if if, if that is where we're at and you as the deputy finance minister are going to continue to raise rates in the face of that, that stat showing that us and other countries like Europe have actually been decreasing their household debt. And yet Canada is increasing. Are you really going to want to raise rates even higher at that point? Or should you let things do as they may? But to be fair, I would say this, if we do not get, you know, some favorable prints over the next two months, you know, which is in the June and July, when we see the May and the June print, um, you know, expect him to possibly do something radical. I mean, and, and, and that, that's, that's a fear of mine, but obviously hoping that the economists that we're following are, are going to be right on the, on their numbers. So, you know, Tim, when listening to what Dave said, you know, he even has that little bit of questioning, you know, could they, you know, could they do a knee-jerk reaction, punch it by a quarter? I think that goes back to your narrative where you're seeing the marketplace uh, fluctuating so much because there's so much print in the media saying this is happening, this is happening, potential quarter point. So everybody gets a little nervous. I'm I'm actually really nervous and and concerned anytime I see uh, people getting too granular, right? When it, when it's ever two or, over two or three days, we've joked about this through the winter. You have a snowstorm, you know, there's nobody getting out of their house, and then three days later, they're saying you know real estate's down by forty percent. Right? Well, of course, I mean nobody left the house, right? So we have so many different things. Like again, this entire month was four markets for four weeks, you know, in the whole month, right? It was uh, a busy week, supply increased, next week supply decreased. Then the next week, you know, the condo market supply increased, did not decrease as much, but the, but you know, the rental market took off. Like, I mean, it's been week after week after week. These reports, these media reports, I think that comment on uh, mortgage payments potentially rising by another 35 or 40% are the biggest damning uh, media headlines to people's psyche in, in the marketplace. And I'm going to share one more thing. We are now entering into our eyes, focus a little bit more on a different time of year, which has not been the case because of stop and go economies through the pandemic. We haven't had that. We had to make our spring market jump into the summer market or our, our summer market now become the fall market, you know, because of everything being stop and go. But, you know, now we're starting to see people kind of looking at, okay, summer's here, cottage season. There is other dynamics that are playing a role that we're gonna see a seasonal adjustment that people aren't taking into account that we must. Yeah, and then we're gonna say that the market crashed. You know, here, here, but, but here's- <laughs> And that's here. where I'm going with it, right? Yeah. But, and, and, and exactly. So one of, one of the things you as a you know, broker owner, multiple offices, um, you, know, you get daily reports. And even from your perspective, you know, you'll see an office that'll come back and say, you know, maybe they didn't do a deal today kind of thing, right? Or maybe there wasn't a new listing out of, out of a office. Automatically, you know, you're a student enough not to sit there and do, you know, have panic mode. But if somebody heard those numbers, they go, oh my God, the, you know, the market's crashing, you know, oh, it's dead. It's gone dead. And but meanwhile, three days later, you could like have an absolute killer day. Well, it's, it's reflective. Our offices um, and our affiliation of offices are in seven locations throughout the city of Toronto. 
And if you have a, re a report out of four offices and no report out of one office or a lower report of another office, that's exactly reflective of the different types of economies within the neighborhoods that exist yeah. within a city, right? Or a greater Toronto area, right? And that's exactly what happens. So one day I don't get a report of an office, but the other two overshoot, like yeah. they do so much more yeah. than the other one. So that's why I love those reports every day at five o'clock. That's why I jump in and I look at it because there's no, these media headlines, like uh, as sure as I'm speaking on this, uh, you know, together today on the triangle have no impact on me because I see things that I wish more people could see. Yeah. And, you know, Dave, to Tim's point is, you know, when we start measuring things, you know, it, it was funny because you and I talked about this, you know, February, 2022 and, and, and reverse that into 2021. And it was, we were, people were counting the market daily, like before yep. it was month over month, year over year. It was all of a sudden day over day. And it's like, you know, oh, there was, you know, 42 properties sold for 400% over, do you know yep. I mean? Like, like it gets to the point as, uh, to nauseum. Like, it's like, come on. And and then they were baiting the market by underpricing it to a level. Like when somebody comes back to me and says, you know, it's sold for 200% over asking, oh my God, the market is out of control. They knew what the price was supposed to be. Yeah. They just decided not to list it there. Yeah. They manipulated it. I mean, that that, that was, I mean, and, and it's weird because I'm hearing, I don't know about you, Tim, but I'm hearing there's, there's like shades of that coming back. We're hearing like, and I'm seeing these, these real estate agents getting kind of exposed, you know, by the buyer agents saying, hey, what are you doing? Like, we're, this isn't 2022. You don't need to go and price at 300,000 under and try to no, you don't. build this fictitious because the reality is people are lining up. You know, for, for if it's a good property and it's hit, it's going to sell in this market, it's going to sell in this market. You know, and, and it's interesting you're saying that. I want to share that even though um, the shaming's happening, it's happening more for the people who are going that extreme yeah. marketing. The, the psyche of the consumer, though, has changed. If you price it right at market value, it's crickets. Yep. You know, yep. if you price it even 3% above market, it's crickets. But you price it like at 95% of value and you get 30 offers and it goes where it should go. I mean, it's, it's just a dynamic that's kind of, it's almost like getting used to 2.2% interest rates. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're just used to it. What do you mean it's 4% now? Right? Like it's just, and, and what, four and a half and five, it's amazing rates. Yeah. They're not bad rates. But anyways, we're, we're still seeing, and we're advising the one good thing that I'm really seeing out of all this is people are coming to people like you, yep. Dave, and they're doing their homework. They're getting their pre-approvals done. And there's conversations between realtor and mortgage broker to follow up on that conversation. It's crazy you say that because literally I'm dealing with a client yesterday and it, it goes to the point as to why now having a good and experienced real estate agent on your side in a market like this is even as important or more important than when it was 2022 because here I am dealing with a client, she's looking at putting an offer on a property, the selling agent has come to their agent and said, we're looking at listing it at this. The good agent, instead of just wanting the sale and running their client into that offer has now gone and done all the comms come back and says to my client and it says we're only going 750 on this thing there's no way it's 835 what they're saying i know this area i've been around for 10 years i know what these things price out at and so it was cool because then i'm on the phone with the real estate agent we're talking about are we going firm can we put in a, a conditional offer you know is this real estate agent out to lunch with their sale price so the dynamic as you say it's we are finding more and more we're more in tune and more in touch with the real estate agents on each side but that makes sense in 2022 and 2021 it was so busy you couldn't even have time for that phone call because you had to get that offer in yeah yeah 
We're going to go to a quick break, guys. When we come back, though, we can continue this conversation. Dave, I know you're on a roll. Tim, you were just sitting there wanting to react. So, folks, when we come back, we've got more with the Real Estate Talk Triangle. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, this part of our show, we call it the Real Estate Talk Triangle. And my two panel guests that are here every single month with me, I've got Dave Butler. He is a very, very experienced mortgage broker. Um, Dave's been around the industry for over 20 years. We've got Tim Sirianos. He is the broker owner at Remax Ultimate, former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, as well as a former director at CREA. So, Guys, just before the break, we were talking about, you know, realtors, the Kumbaya, working with mortgage brokers, working with their clients. You know, Tim, it's a good shift to have uh, when people have the ability to think about what they're doing as opposed to react all the time. You know, we went through that craziness there for about 18 months where all anybody was doing was just purely reacting to whatever the number of offers were and they were, do, you know, seeking desperation um, a balanced market, and we've just seen uh, a release by TD and by Remax and a few other of the big lenders slash brokerages, and they've been telling us that they believe this year we should, you know, year over year see anywhere from a four to five percent increase in values. Um, I think that is speaking of a normal market and something that we would like to have. Well, we talked about at the beginning of the year. We always talk about these forecasts, right? And you know. We've been wrong rarely, but we've been wrong. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, we, we, yeah, we've made mistakes. The, the reality is that um, one thing that I, I still hold near and dear to me is that, and my belief is that we're going to have the front end of 2023 being what it is and the back end being different, right? And we've gone through the worst part of the, you know, comparisons between 2022 and 2023. We're not seeing now the 40% down in sales anymore. We're not seeing down, you know, the 30% drops in values, you know, from the peak of 2022 anymore. Now we're seeing, oh, we're down by 5% in sales, but we're up by 1.6 in values, right? So now we're going to start seeing the real month over month and gradual growth in 2023. We're going to start to see we're, we're hovering around two to two and a half months of supply. We're not at the one month supply, which is a really dangerous place to be. And we're not at the four month supply, which makes it into a buyer's market. Most buyers that are out there wish they bought in November of 2022, you know, in December, it's the new normal right now. It's gone. That's like, just like the way 2% interest rates are gone. Those values are gone too. Right. So we have to look at what's going forward. You know, we're going to start to, you know, come along and have that more balanced, you know, value increase, that be more normalized value increase, I believe as we end the year, which is a very positive thing. So Tim, is the real estate correction over? I believe that the correction never really happened. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to the same, I'm going to stick to the same, you know, narrative I've been saying the whole time. I mean, the values have only been adjusted because of the interest rate increases, right? Like that's the only reason why prices have changed. And you know, the only reason why we've had less sales is because of the interest rate increases and the uncertainty caused by the, like just, you know, uh, you know, avalanche of interest rate increases and uncertainty created by government policy. So, I mean, a correction to me is when there's massive unemployment, you know, a yep. correction to me is when there's, you know, something happening in the world and the economy where you see massive bankruptcies and store closures. You're not seeing that. No, but we also, you know, and one of the things that we talk about here on the show all the time is inventory. 
And, you know, I've got seven articles in front of me that sit there and say, you know, is the real estate correction over? And as you said, and I agree with you, was it truly a correction? Not really. Um, with the lack of inventory, the lack of listing inventory today still dictates that prices, it's almost impossible for them to adjust of what people had anticipated. Like when Dave and I took a look at the numbers, you know, February over February, you know, we were by, by the narrative, it should have been 40% because what everybody was saying, I think it came out at like 17 and that was literally for a one week period. Cause you know, now when you talk about the weekly real estate market, like the, the, the peak week, <laughs> the peak week, uh, was <laughs> like the last week of February in 2022. And if you use that, I mean, the price, Dave, I think went up by 5% that week alone, because then the announcement from the Bank of Canada came through yep. saying we're going to be raising interest rates. So literally, there were people that saw a 5% increase in the value of the property or that was going to sell, and that's your peak week. And then all of a sudden, you know, this is where we started seeing a downturn, but it wasn't a crash. No, I would call it more a consolidation. Right. I mean, it really, it was a consolidation from some, from what we would consider, a, 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 I would, you know, say that that was a pretty crazy melt up, if you will, in price. And I think you're consolidating the craziness out, but I still think, you know, we, a correction to me is a true, you know, year over year, you know, 23, 25 to 30% decrease. I think when you look at some of the, and to your point, when you look at the January, the, the November 2022, December 22, January, uh, February, sorry, 2021, 2021, and then 20, those four months at the end of 2020, and then the two months at the beginning of 2022, you're right. Some of the increases were, I've never seen that in 20 years. I know you guys have said you've never seen anything like that. So we definitely needed some consolidation from that madness, but I still think you're, you know, when you get, when you end this year, I have a feeling you look at the chart, we're still in an uptrend. And, and, and to, again, to have a crash, you need to have a significant downtrend. I believe we talked about this about a show or two ago, if maybe last show, um, seems like life's going by so fast, right? <laughs> I, I feel like we're in a trough, you know, that trough where, you know, you're not going down anymore, but we're not quite going up yet. We know we're just, everybody's trying to time it. Well, guess what? You've missed the, the down, yep, right? For sure. You just totally missed the down. And now you're kind of, we don't know if we're slightly going up yet, but we're in that zone. We're in that area. And I'm very positive to, to state that, you know, emphatically that we're in that area right now. Yeah. So last topic for the day, um, let's talk about the Toronto mayor race. Okay. Um, you know, in a race, normally you have just a few horses in it, you know, or a few candidates, uh, over a hundred. I'm not sure how you're ever going to come close, but I'll tell you some, some of the ones that they say are the leaders in this. They're making commitments in, in the real estate world. I just think that they need to walk away from. Um, I'll start off with you, Dave. You know, it, it's not that, you know, you and I really have any concerns because we, we, we don't live in exactly Toronto. You know, we're in the greater Toronto area. Yep. But again, I mean, I take a look at this and and I just feel like it's, I don't know what it is. I, I It's almost a comedy. Uh, it's a circus. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, 100 candidates. Uh are you, is, is, is everyone who's voting going to get the messages that are coming across from a hundred candidates? No. Um, then you've got specific people being allowed to debate some not, um, you know, it's, you know, to me, that's, that's, you know, when you're talking about politics and trying to get the right people in, I feel like you, you know, you really should have more of a, a, a smaller number of people. Um, but yeah, I mean, this it, it, dilution is a big thing for me. I mean, I think messages are getting diluted. I think votes are also going to get diluted because of this. And sadly, 
we end up maybe with the person that we shouldn't have. But you know, any everything as much as we you and I don't live there. I mean, it's Toronto is always the hub, and that's where things you know are always going to generate from in terms of you know uh, the way that things are being run. And you know, I think a lot of other mayors in different cities look up to what's going on in Toronto. And I think uh, sadly, there's not much to look up to right now. And who knows what's going to happen after this, Tim? <laughs> well, I think that the, uh, the citizens of Toronto, I'm in Toronto proper. Like, I mean, I'm in Toronto, right? Like I do, I work, play, live, everything is, is in Toronto, like everything, right? So to me, it's extremely important. And I think what's super important is that everybody who lives in Toronto, you know, realize that this new mayor is going to have powers that previously did not exist to this extent. Yep, yep. They grew under Mayor Tory, but we knew who Mayor Tory was. We didn't have any feelings of, you know, what's his real agenda. We kind of lived him for a period of time. We kind of knew his patterns and, and we knew that they would not be abused and there would be no knee-jerk reactions. So your vote, the vote to this time around is critical because this new mayor, you got to know, you got to ask the right questions and you have to know, you know, in your heart that you're going to put your vote on somebody who's not going to just, you know, start spending like a, you know, I don't know. <laughs> can I say a drunken sailor? On, uh, is that allowed still? But, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just, we've got to realize that Toronto cannot uh, run a deficit. They have to always balance, you know, the books. Um, I've always said that on the show, the provincial government can, you need somebody who's going to be a good partner. Uh, with this current leadership and any future leadership that's going to be there. And it just cannot be overpromised. And when it comes to housing that we talk about every single time we're here and, and how it impacts uh, families and homes and, and people's, you know, well-being and everything else, they can't just fly by the seat of their pants. You know, it has to be real questions and real answers or just get out of the way. Yeah. Well, on that point, I, uh, I think we're going to get out of the way of our listeners because we're coming to the end of the show, but uh, gentlemen, always a pleasure having you here on the Talk Triangle. Always love having you and the discussion is always exciting. I do want to thank Omar and Aiden, my producers here in-house. They do a fabulous job every single week in keeping it simple for me. And of course, Ian Grant, our main producer at head office. It's always great to have Ian, you know, make sure we're doing it right. But more importantly, I do want to thank you for tuning in, making us the number one real estate talk show and very excited about being back next week, Sunday at noon, as usual. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010 Toronto.